Almighty God, you are great and glorious. You are the, the sovereign God who makes kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. And Lord, uh, we are fools indeed if we trust in uh, human beings and in the institutions uh, and in the powers of earth uh, rather than uh, trusting in the one who created the heavens and earth and rules all things and rules them well. Lord, um, help us to be a people uh, who always uh, inquires of your word and seeks your direction, um, but more than inquiry, help us to be a people who, um, who hears your word, who takes it to heart, uh, who follows your ways rather than our own, uh, who responds in obedience rather in, uh, than in stubborn uh, willfulness. Lord, we do uh, thank you for how your word uh, searches us, um, searches our hearts and our minds, and we pray that it would expose uh, our sinfulness um, and show us uh, our need uh, for the healing work of our Savior Jesus Christ and for uh, your spirit uh, to work your fruit in us. Teach us by that spirit this morning as we turn to the words of Jeremiah uh, together. Um, help us uh, to grow in faith and love uh, and obedience to you. And we ask all this in the matchless name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 42, and as you're getting there, uh, let me just remind you uh, where we are. So the last several chapters, uh, we have been dealing with the consequences of the fall of Jerusalem and its destruction by the Babylonians. Uh, last week, um, we saw the circumstances by which Jeremiah was um, delivered from being taken into captivity by uh, the Babylonian commander, uh, Nabuzerah, Nabu, I can't do it again. I got it last week, and now I can't do it again. Nabuzeradan, there we go. Um, and how Nabuzeradan uh, was the only person in chapters 40 or, and 41 that had the name of God on his lips. So there was great irony there. Um, so chapter 40 and 41 describe the lives of the poor remnant who were left in the land of Judah under the go governorship of Gadaliah, uh, who, if you'll recall, was a Judean with a long family history of faithful service uh, to the kings. So the Babylonians appoint uh, Gedaliah as governor, and, and we saw how Gedaliah's leadership inaugurated a quiet return to normalcy uh, and the blessings of an abundantly rich yield from vineyards, olive groves, and orchards. We saw how refugees, surviving remnants of the army and nobili nobility returned during Gedaliah's short tenure. To all these men, Gedaliah swore an oath, reassuring them that he was for them and would represent their needs before the king of Babylon. So at that moment, all was going well. Life had resumed some sort of normality. There was hope for the future. But, as we talked about, while Judah's physical circumstances were improving, their hearts were not. The promising start for the poor remaining in Judah was thwarted by the same political machinations, deceptive murders, uh, intrigue that led to Jerusalem's fall in the first place. 
Although warned that the royal descendant Ishmael was hatching a plot, Gedaliah did not believe the stories of his treachery and refused to have him secretly assassinated. Instead, Gedaliah invited Ishmael and his men to a meal where they in turn murdered him, uh, their host, uh, murdered the other Judeans who had gathered around Gedaliah at Mizpah, murdered the Babylonian soldiers there. When a group of 80 pilgrims from the survivors of the northern kingdom uh, came uh, weeping and lamenting the fall of the temple, uh, Ishmael killed them too, <laughs> um, filling a cistern with their corpses. And then he fled, uh, taking captives toward the kingdom of Ammon, uh, which we talked about how Ammon had encouraged his plot. Um, so the chapter ended with Johanan and the other military leaders chasing Ishmael down, rescuing his prisoners. But then these survivors were gripped by fear of potential Babylonian reprisals and were determined to flee to Egypt. Um, so today, as we continue the same story, uh, looking in chapters 42 and 43, uh, we'll see something initially that was missing last week um, as Jay noted uh, in particular, um, last week uh, there was no mention of Jeremiah, there was no mention of God, uh, nobody was consulting, asking what the word of the Lord was from, even though we know Jeremiah was at Mizpah, um, but nobody made any inquiries of him. That's going to change, as we'll see in chapter 42. In chapter 42, we see Johanan and the other military leaders going to Jeremiah, asking him to petition and to inquire of God on their behalf, and pledging to do whatever God commands. God favored them with a reply, um, a, with a thorough and very clear pathways leading to either future blessings or further curses. Um, and as we'll see when we get into chapter 43, despite a clear word from the Lord, uh, uh, we still see stubborn refusal to trust and obey God. So with that as a word of introduction, hear now the word of God from Jeremiah chapter 42. Then all the commanders of the forces and Johanan the son of Kareah and Jezaniah the son of Hoshiah and all the people from the least to the greatest came near and said to Jeremiah the prophet, let our plea for mercy come before you and pray to the Lord your God for us, for all this remnant, because we are left with but a few as your eyes see us. That the Lord your God may show us the way we should go and the thing that we should do. Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your request, and whatever the Lord answers you, I will tell you. I will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, May the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act according to all the word with which the Lord your God sends you to us. Whether it is good or bad, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we are sending you, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. At the end of ten days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Then he summoned Johanan, son of Korea, and all the commanders of the forces who were with him, and all the people from the least to the greatest, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your plea for mercy before him. If you will remain in this land, then I will build you up, 
and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up, for I relent of the disaster that I did to you. Do not fear the king of Babylon, of whom you're afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. I will grant you mercy that he may have mercy on you and let you remain in your own land. But if you say we will not remain in this land, disobeying the voice of the Lord your God and say, no, we will go to the land of Egypt where we shall not see war or hear the sound of the trumpet or be hungry for bread and we will dwell there, then hear the word of the Lord, O remnant of Judah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, if you set your faces to enter Egypt and go to live there, then the sword that you fear shall overtake you there in the land of Egypt. And the famine of which you are afraid shall follow close after you to Egypt, and there you shall die. All the men who set their faces to go to Egypt to live there shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. They shall have no remnant or survivor from the disaster that I will bring upon them. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as my anger and my wrath were poured out on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so my wrath will be poured out on you when you go to Egypt. You shall become an execration, a horror, a curse, and a taunt. You shall see this place no more. The Lord has said to you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. Know for a certainty that I have warned you this day that you have gone astray at the cost of your lives. For you sent me to the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us to the Lord our God, and whatever the Lord our God says, declare to us, and we will do it. And I have this day declared it to you, but you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God in anything that he sent me to tell you. Now therefore, know for a certainty that you shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence in the place where you desire to go live. When Jeremiah finished speaking to all the people all these words of the Lord their God, with, whom, with which the Lord their God had sent him to them, Azariah the son of Hoshiah and Johanan the son of Kareah and all the insolent men said to Jeremiah, You are telling a lie. The Lord our God did not send you to say, Do not go to Egypt to live there. But Baruch, the son of Neriah, has set you against us to deliver us into the hands of the Chaldeans that they may kill us or take us into exile in Babylon. So Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the commanders of the forces and all the people did not obey, obey the voice of the Lord to remain in the land of Judah. But Johanan, the son of Korea, and all the commanders of the forces took all the remnant of Judah who had returned to live in the land of Judah from all the nations to which they had been driven the men, the women, the children, the princesses, and every person whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had left with Gedaliah, the son of Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, also Jeremiah the prophet, and Baruch the son of Neriah. And they came into the land of Egypt, for they did not obey the voice of the Lord, and they arrived at Tapanes. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in Tapanes. Take in your hands large stones and hide them in the mortar in the pavement that is at the entrance to Pharaoh's palace in Tapanes, in the sight of the men of Judah, and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will send and take Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will set his throne above these stones that I have hidden, and he will spread his royal canopy over them. 
He shall come and strike the land of Egypt, giving over to the pestilence those who are doomed to, uh, doomed to the pestilence, to captivity those who are doomed to captivity, and to the sword those who are doomed to the sword. I shall kindle a fire in the temples of the gods of Egypt, and he shall burn them and carry them away captive, and he shall clean the land of Egypt as a shepherd cleans his cloak of vermin, and he shall go away from here in peace. He shall break the obelisk of Heliopolis, which is in the land of Egypt, and the temples of the gods of Egypt he shall burn with fire. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word. May bless it as we speak of it together this morning. So chapter 42 uh, starts with the surviving remnant, fearful. They're on Judah's southern border, so they're still in Judah, but they're right on the edge, <laughs> heading toward Egypt. Uh, and this is the moment they asked Jeremiah to plead to his God on their behalf. So uh, what strikes you in verses 1 through 6 about this, uh, this remnant and their interactions with the prophet Jeremiah? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, they follow up with not just asking, inquire of the Lord for us, um, but, you know, no, after Jeremiah tells them, everything God tells me, I will tell you. And they said, whatever it is, good or evil, uh, we, we will do it. Whether it's what we want or don't want, we will obey. So, yeah, it starts off like... You know, again, as Jay noted last week, like nobody was inquiring of the Lord. Here, finally, <laughs> someone is taking advantage of the fact they've got a prophet on site. Let's ask Jeremiah. Um, they have someone who can, um, you know, again, a prophet is a mediator between God and men. So he is speaking to God on their behalf and then turning around and speaking God's words back to them. And they're making this... Um, Dramatic, declarative, <laughs> we will obey. Good. Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, I thought about splitting chapters 42 and 43, and I was like, no. <laughs> I don't want to, like, like get your hopes up that things are actually going to go well <laughs> for these people. Um, no, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it's this, like, and, and think about it. These are people who've heard Jeremiah preach for 40 years, prophesy the destruction of the temple, prophesy the destruction of Jerusalem, prophesy people being taken into captivity of Babylon, and they've seen it all happen. Um, they know Everything that Jeremiah said has come to pass. So they go to him knowing that everything he said has come to pass um, and saying whatever God says we'll do, and then they turn around and don't do it. So, you know, as we think about, you know, again, where does Judah's future reside? Their future resides with the people who got carried off to Babylon. Their future does not reside with this remnant who ends up exiling themselves to Egypt. <laughs> yeah, Debbie.
<laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Absolutely, and these people have come, like, like, I wonder what they want. They're sitting <laughs> on the edge of Egypt. Um, you know, they've already declared at the end of, of chapter 41. Um, they went and stayed at Geruth Chimham near Bethlehem, intending to go to Egypt because of the Chaldeans, because they, for they were afraid of them. Like, so in their fear, they're already heading to Egypt, and then they stop and, like, should we go to Egypt or not? And when the answer is no, <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't get what they wanted. And so they, they're showing the, the, the intentions of their heart by making an outward show of, of uh, worship and obedience and, you know, let's go to God and we'll, we'll do whatever God says. And, and in the end, they, they do what they want. Um, you... you uh, like your example of children was, was perfect. I was actually thinking of me <laughs> or us. Like, I, I, I mean, seriously, I was thinking like how often do we come to church and hear a clear word of God about something? Um, let's say, you know, do not fear. Uh, and then we live the entire week with anxiety and fear. Like, I mean, literally, I've, I've done that. Like, be anxious for nothing. And then the next day, <laughs> I'm so anxious about everything. <laughs> like, and we, but we think and pat ourselves on the back while I was at church. I'm a Christian. I, you know, read my Bible. Like, I do this outwardly stuff. But I, I don't, when I have a clear word, and I don't obey. Um, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a rebellious child <laughs> who, <laughs> whose heavenly father uh, gives him instructions. And when the, or, or, you know, I pray about something and the answer is not, you know, I prayed wanting A and God gives me Z. Uh, like, uh, no, <laughs> I still go after A, even though it's pretty clear God doesn't want me to have A. Like, you know, we set our heart on things. And it's often, you know, like here, you know, they're looking at political realities. Like, you know, we've just had this Babylonian um, official murdered. <laughs> we've just had a group of Babylonian soldiers murdered. We just had a bunch of Babylonian subjects murdered. <laughs> what do you think the Babylonians are going to, like they're looking at it, well, he's going to come smack us down. And, and, you know, they're looking at it solely through these kind of, natural eyes that their only hope is to get as far away from Nebuchadnezzar as they can and head to Egypt. Um, and thinking by doing that, they'll solve all their problems and neglecting the supernatural, um, neglecting that there's a God who ha you know, can, can do things for them, can protect them, irregardless of their natural or realities that they face. Yeah, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. Like, pay, pay attention to pronouns. Like, you know, it's, and as to go back to what Ronnie was saying, like, as good as a request that this seems, like, that's the, the twist. Like, 
Yeah, they're kind of there, but not. <laughs> because it's, it's Jeremiah's God. They're not identifying it at that moment as our God. Now, later on, they do use our God. So, so maybe Jeremiah uh, persuades them to, to change their pronouns. Sorry. <laughs> I had to throw those jokes in. Um, but, uh, yeah, bad joke, sorry. Um, but to, to change from your God to our God. Um, but initially, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's your God, your God, your God. Um, so even though they're doing the right thing, they're going to God's prophet, um, they're seeking um, a word from God about what they should do, um, and they're, they're pledging to, to obey, like all things that have been um, dramatically lacking <laughs> in the book of Jeremiah. Um, uh, now, we've seen people go ask the prophet, like Zedekiah went and talked to ask Jeremiah, all kinds of things, but he, he never like pledged, whatever you tell me, I'll do it. Um, and, and whatever Jeremiah's told him, he's like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, <laughs> going to do something else. Hmm? <laughs> I'm going to inquire of another God and see if I get a better answer more in keeping with the intentions of my heart. Oh. Um, yes, Dave. Yeah, and I, I think, like, if you think about, like, living in a situation where, like, I mean, like, conspiracies, like, you know, like, like there's a, I did this um, seminar uh, this summer about um, uh, history of disease, and there was a guy in there, and he studies, like, conspiracies about uh, disease, and, like, it doesn't, like, COVID, 1918 flu, 1800 smallpox, <laughs> 13th century plague. It doesn't matter what disease it is, conspiracies. And it doesn't matter how many facts you throw in. It, when someone is committed to believing, uh, you know, uh, a conspiratorial line of thought, it doesn't matter how many facts, reason doesn't apply. Like if you've bought into a presupposition then all other information becomes comes noise, and you're going to keep believing and doing what you want based on you know your presuppositions, despite all the evidence to the contrary. And again, it's um, the uh, Thomas Kuhn um, talks about like we we think science progresses like this, like it's like you know just slow things getting better and better and better. He's like no. <laughs> Science does this, <laughs> they buy into some kind of presupposition notion, all the evidence to the contrary, and then someone comes along and is like, no, you're all wrong, <laughs> and then you make a leap. Like, disease is caused by bodily humors that, you know, you're, 
So all we need to do is restore balance between your bodily humors and uh, you'll be healed. So, you know, you're too hot, we take a couple pints of blood off. <laughs> uh, you know, if uh, you, we need more pus, we'll blister your skin. Uh, you know, if we need to salivate, we give you mercury. I'm not making this up. <laughs> um, and then it's like, no, there are these little things called germs, and they're causing disease. And people refuse to believe. The guy who, who um, advocated that doctors should wash their hands before delivering children died in an Austrian insane asylum because he was so ostracized. How dare you suggest that this well-educated upper-class doctor is communicating disease? Like, and he, he had proof, like, <laughs> de de demonstrable facts. Nobody believed him um, because they were committed to the way they're thinking. So to your point, Dave, like they've made up their minds that the Babylonians are gonna smack them down. Babylon's the one to be feared. Uh, their only hope is to go to Egypt. And, and as you think, like some of the things, like Jeremiah in his little sermon here, you know, says like, you, you think um, you're gonna go there and you're gonna escape, um, you're gonna escape from war. We shall not see, verse 14, we will go to the land of Egypt where we will not see war or hear the sound of the trumpet or be hungry for bread and we will dwell there. Like that is what they've convinced themselves of. And Jeremiah's answer is like, <laughs> you think you can escape war? <laughs> you think you can escape famine? Do you think you can escape God um, and the consequences of disobeying God? He's like, to, to your point, like you people are nuts. Like, if you think that you know, you're going to find peace and security and happiness anywhere else other than the land that God promised to give you.
Yeah, and, and you're at, the, that's where like, you know, always trying to think of the application, that is the application for us. Like, we too can have this form of godliness. I go to a, I don't just go to a church, I go to a reformed church that holds to the scriptures and, um, you know, uh, I send my kids to, you know, a Christian school and I do this and I do that. And, um, but when it comes to how I conduct my life, I'm obsessed with gathering material things and think my health and happiness will um, be uh, achieved by getting more stuff. Or, you know, uh, if, if only I, you know, maneuver at work and get the right people to vote with me, like I can change things to do it the way I think it should be done, even if it means like pursuing alliances I shouldn't be pursuing, like, like whatever it is, like I, we, I think that is the, the disconnect that we often create between what we do when we worship and how we actually live. Um, and and that's the, the, the danger, like we, we can come saying the right things, um, but when the rubber meets the road, do we actually obey? Um, and here, like, it's not like, uh, like Jeremiah has given them a, well, let's, let's go through the options, you know. <laughs> all right, you know, like I, I've been evaluating job candidates all week. These are their strengths, these are weaknesses, and you know, all right, these are the good things about going to Egypt, these are the bad things. No, he's, he's given a very clear thing. Like there, there are no strengths, there are no good things about going to Egypt. It's all bad. <laughs> and they're like, well, yeah, but let, let's, let's, let's keep considering it. <laughs> Um, and and the like the the emphasis here in the response is um, if you will remain in this land, then I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up, for I relent the disaster I did to you. Do not fear the king of Babylon, of whom you are afraid. Do not fear him, declares the Lord, for I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand. Like, what a, what a declaration of, um, of God's intent, his good intent toward them. Um, and yet, they're like, nah, yeah, but he's still the king of Babylon. Like, I can see the king of Babylon. I can't see God. It's that kind of, of thing. Um, you know, they're, 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 responding with their eyes um, and their eyes uh, and, you know, the facts of their situation rather than trusting in a God who will have mercy on them, who's already had mercy on them by, by preserving them in the land. Um, and before this Ishmael's uh, revolt, you know, was prospering them. Um, you know, they had all that abundance back in chapter 40. Um, and they could still, God's saying, you could still have abundance if you trust um, in me. I am with you. I will save you. I will deliver you from his hand. And I love verse 12. I will grant you mercy that he may have mercy on you and let you remain in your own land. Like, if Nebuchadnezzar 
whatever Nebuchadnezzar's doing, like God is saying, if he, if he punishes you, he's my instrument of punishment. And, and we saw that back in chapter 39. But if he has mercy on them, he's God's instrument of extending mercy to them. So they need to not fear Nebuchadnezzar, but who's like the puppet, <laughs> Uh, but fear God, the, the one who is directing his servant. He calls Nebuchadnezzar again in these chapters, my servant. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is going to do what God tells him to do. Um, and yet they don't, they don't want to hear it. And just like Deuteronomy, like he's laying out, these are the blessings if you obey. These are the curses if you disobey. Yeah, Lena. Yeah, it's easy to, to like exercise trust in s circumstances, the things that you know are before us, and like, and, and literally to, to your point, Landon, to trust in ourselves. Like, I, I've got this figured out, and that's what they've they've already figured out. Get to Egypt as fast as you can. Um, get as far away from Nebuchadnezzar, um, and you know, as we get into to chapter forty three, and look what Jeremiah is telling them there. There is no getting away from Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> you think you're going to be able to, like, <laughs> have you been paying attention to <laughs> uh, your local news? Like, uh, the Egyptians, you know, he, he's already defeated them a couple of times. Uh, you know, uh, if they, you know, he's going to come back this way, by this way again. So, like, if you think, uh, you know, you're, you're going to escape this time, like, <laughs> come on. Um, and, like, you know, it's, but that's, like, you know, when you're in, in a situation, that's, we, like, okay, this, this, it has to happen this way. Like, we imagine for ourselves, this is the only possible way it could work out. And then, like, I, I mean, in hindsight, like, like, in hindsight, you see how, God blessed me by not giving me all the things I wanted all my life. <laughs> like he, he, the you know the the girl I lusted after in high school. That no, we didn't end up together. Uh, I got a better wife. She's in Cleveland right now, but <laughs> that's another story. Um, you know, uh, like I didn't get in the school I wanted to go to. Um, you know, but that was fine. <laughs> I went to the school uh, where where God's, you know, started an RUF and brought me to Christ and like, like so, you know, where, versus the school that didn't get an RUF for another 20 years. Like, you know, sort of think of those things. Like I had my heart set on one place and God had something so much better. But when you're in it, it's hard to, to believe it. Um, it's hard to trust.
Um, and I think that's, you know, why we do have history <laughs> in the Bible. Like, we can look and sort of see, okay, these people are in situations like I'm in, or, you know, the same kind of things I face. Um, in this way, like, I teach history. Like, we can sometimes read history like everything that happens is inevitable. No, it's a product of people making choices. Um, you know, just like us, every day people make, we, we make choices. Um, and those choices have ramifications on our lives. Governments make choices, institutions make choices, decisions, just like we do. Um, and, you know, are we gonna just trust in the things of the world, or are we gonna trust in a God who's over history and is directing it to its purposes and has taught us the benefits of obedience, um, the fruits of faithfulness, um, and, and shown us over and over again the curses that come from when we pursue ourselves, what ourselves want in our selfish ways, <laughs> um, you know, stepping on other people, stepping over God's word uh, to get what we want. Like it, it all comes down to the utter lack of humility um, in these, these people. And notice how um, uh, in, in the response, like it, it, uh, it, it uses this, this idea of, of arrogance <laughs> um, that, that, that these leaders um, are arrogantly refusing to obey the word of the Lord. Like it's, you know, it, following God requires humbling yourself. Um, and that is a hard thing for us to do. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, and to your point, Mike, like, like you know, he, he warns Gedaliah, and what's his, what's his, you know, response to the threat that Ishmael poses? Let's kill him. <laughs> Let's assassinate him. Like, so he's, yeah, I, I think he's all over the map, because again, he's responding to circumstances in the same kind of political machinations as, that have ruined it, like, okay, all right, they're plotting against me, so I'm gonna plot back. <laughs> you know, they're threatening to assassinate you, so I'm gonna assassinate him. And I think that leads to, to why is his fear? Because if that's the world you live in, like, of course the Babylonians are gonna come and, and take you out for this, this rebellion. Like, he can't see any way out of that because that's how he operates. He's just operating on this plane of, of how can, you know, how does politics work? 
how does the world work? You know, so, okay, uh, they're trying to kill me, so I'll kill them first. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it, it leads to these, you know, as the circumstances change, like, you know, Ishmael's plot has, has suddenly changed the circumstances in his view, like, and he can see no pathway without punishment by the Babylonians. Um, and God's saying, look, the Babylonians, yes, they came and burned Jerusalem because that's as far as I let them go, and that's it. Like, I, I relent of letting them do whatever they want to my people. Like, uh, they, they've done this and no farther. Like, they're not going to do any more harm to my people. There was a limit. They reached it. Done. And that's what he's told them. And, and they, it, it, like, it's hard to trust. <laughs> like, yeah, but he's still Nebuchadnezzar. He's still this, this guy who, like, you know, throws people into fiery flames on a whim. <laughs> uh, you know, feeds people to the lions. Like, yeah, we can't, we can't. Um, trust uh, in this, you know, that this guy's not going to come smack us down. And he's saying, you don't have to trust in Nebuchadnezzar, trust in me. You know, you don't have to figure out what Nebuchadnezzar's going to do. I'm telling you what I'm going to do for you, and I'm going to act to save you. Um, and so you don't have to worry about what's Nebuchadnezzar's response going to be, uh, you know, what's happening. You have to exercise trust. Yes, yes. You, know, you read it just like it is. Like there's there's promise of blessings, um, and there are promise curses, and he already knows they're on the road to curses. Like you know they they've made their intentions very very clear, um, and and so you know it's so it's it's like stating it in that you know past tense <laughs> because he he knows it's going to happen. Like the like you get a similar thing. Matthew already said, I'll go to Deuteronomy, so I'm going to go to Deuteronomy. Like, you know, God tells them in Deuteronomy, if you do these things, you won't have any poor in the land. But when you have poor in the land, this is how you should treat them. Like, so he knows, like, okay, if you follow this, you, there won't be any need for poor relief, welfare system to provide for the needy in the land. Because if you're faithful... Like, you're not going to have to worry about that stuff. But he knows he's not going to be faithful, so I'm going to go ahead and give you laws on how to do it. <laughs> um, or, like, he tells them divorce is wrong, but then he gives them laws. This is how 
he knows the stubbornness, sinfulness of your heart. Uh, I gave you divorce laws. Um, why? Not because divorce is, is right or the good response. No, marriage is, is my intention for you, but I know you're going to be stubborn and disobey, and so therefore uh, I'm giving you laws. So I think in this case, prophetic case, like he's laid out, in, as you say, in, in, in the first part, um, 7 through 14, like here are the blessings, here are the curses. And now we're going to focus on the curses because this is where you're going. <laughs> and it's right where they, they, where, where they do. Like and I, um, in the next chapter, you are telling the lie. The Lord our God did not send you to say, do not go to Egypt to live there. Like he, they've already, that's the answer they want. Like they've already decided this is what we're doing. And we're looking for the... Uh, Yahweh, Jeremiah, stamp of approval on what we're doing. Um, and again, like I think this is sometimes how we pray. Like <laughs> I, I've made a decision on what I'm going to do, and now I'm going to go pray about it and, and, and try to get God to rubber stamp what I've already decided what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, rather than um, you know, listening to God, being open to, to, to God speaking into my life. Yeah, Josh. And he can speak, uh, you know, to go back to, to Debbie's point, he can speak with certainty, like, before things happen. <laughs> now know, therefore know, for certainty, you shall die by the sword, by famine, by pestilence, in the place where you desire to go to live. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's telling them, and to your point, John, it's out of love. Like, he's not telling them that because he... Like, you know, as we've been seeing in numbers, it's because you hate us that you've brought us into the wilderness to kill us off. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, did you see all the things I did to Pharaoh and all the Egyptian deities and all the Egyptian people? And, like, you're still worried about my commitment to you? Did, did you see me provide manna for you? Did you see me bring water out of a rock, even though Moses struck it twice when he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> um, thanks, Matthew, for like, I, you did that really well last week. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had like, like, I've always wondered that one, and you, 
you like help me uh, to, to see Moses and Aaron's uh, disobedient hearts um, in that moment. But, but that's, I mean, it's, it's the way we are. Um, it, it's hard to trust in God. Um, it's, it's hard to get away from the things that, that you know, our senses. Um, and it's why we need what Jonathan Edwards uh, called a spiritual sense. Like, you know, just as we, like, trust things that we uh, can hold or taste or um, smell, like, we give reality to those things. That's how we need to be thinking, have developed a spiritual sense, where we see God working for our good every day. You know, and just as we, we pray, Lord, you know, give us this day our daily bread and how he is faithful to us day in, day out. And there are days like, you know, I, I mean, it, like, for, for us, it's often been money because I've never had any. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like, there have been circumstances, like, how am I going to pay for my own grad school? Like, you know, bills are, rents due. And the the stipend from the grad school only goes so far, and like like you know we're like looking around and and then a check shows up the next day, <laughs> unsolicited. Hey, I was thinking about you. I thought y'all might need some money. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, or uh, you know it happens all the the time. Like we're we're like you know something breaks and I'll never be able to replace that. And then somebody you know turns around. It's like oh yeah, I've got one of those. You, an extra one. You you've got it. Um, like <laughs> uh, one time my my stove like went insane and just constantly stayed on hot as it could be <laughs> unless you unplugged it. Um, and so like you put something in and it instantly became charcoal. And uh, like like. Uh, I don't have any money to replace this. What am I going to do? And Jay's like, oh, I've got one in the garage. We pulled it out of the apartment across the street. You want it? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, you know, and it, it's why, like, I can look back and see all those times where Dana and I were, were literally like, how are we going to pay the rent? And God always made, like, we, we've never not paid our rent. <laughs> uh, it's never happened. Um, and Dana, because she is who she is, it's never late either. <laughs> um, it's always paid on time, or our mortgage now. Um, and even though, like, in the moment, we're like, you know, anxious, fearful, uh, worrying, like, tears, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and, and, and God has provided. Um, and, and in the moment... It's, it's hard to see where that provision might be coming from. It's easier to get locked up in the circumstances of, of whatever spiral I'm in. And it's, it's hard to, to do what Jeremiah does. Notice he, wait, he waited 10 days. 10 days. At the end of 10 days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Like, he, he, he was patient. He, he waited. Like, they're there, again, demanding an answer um, and he's like, let's wait on the Lord, see what the Lord says. Uh, he's, he's waiting, literally waiting on the Lord. Um, and they're in impatience to do what they've already set their mind to do, which the word of the Lord comes um, and, and says, don't go to Egypt. And they don't believe it because they, they can't imagine a scenario in which their God would say, don't go to Egypt. 
Um, whereas if you read a lot of the Old Testament, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, in there that says, don't go to Egypt. <laughs> um, don't trust in, in Egypt. Like, it's a, a refrain <laughs> we see. Don't trust in their chariots. Don't trust in their horses. Don't trust in their gods. Um, and it's the sad thing is they exile, like they're afraid that, you know, uh, they're afraid the Chaldeans are going to kill us or take us into exile into Babylon. So they exile themselves. You know, they, they fear uh, what Nebuchadnezzar is going to do to war, uh, so they go to Egypt. Well, Nebuchadnezzar goes to Egypt <laughs> again. Uh, war comes to Egypt. Um, they think by, you know, taking these actions, they're going to escape, like, you know, all things like sword, famine, and pestilence. And guess what? Sword, famine, and pestilence are, are going to follow you around. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> especially pestilence. Uh, <laughs> microbes have a way of getting places where microbes aren't supposed to be. Um, or you think, oh, it, it won't get me here, and oh, it'll get you there. Um, warfare, you, you, know, you think you're, you're safe, and it'll find you. I mean, just think, like, you, you're attending a music festival in Israel, and the next thing you know, um, armed soldiers are coming in and beheading people. Like, you know, it, it's... And as we think at the end, like, they're looking at trusting in material circumstances. They're trusting in the might of Egypt. Um, and, you know, e Egypt's going to fall. Um, like, you know, it, I, I'm a, a historian. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I should, of anybody, not trust in things. <laughs> like, you know, kingdoms of this earth. There hasn't been an everlasting one, <laughs> not one. <laughs> they, they, like, you, you can have a good monarch who reigns for 60 years, and then she's succeeded by a son with syphilis and who's nuts. Uh, you know, it, it, like, to trust in, in human uh, kingdoms, there's, there's only one eternal one. <laughs> um, there's only one everlasting one, and that's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Um, and so to tr put your trust in, in anything or anyone else is, is just going to, in the long term, prove wrong over and over again. And most of all, to put trust in yourself. Um, and so as we, we uh, conclude for the day, and, um, uh, you know, it, it shows that even after seeing the word of God come true, like, I mean, literally, They've seen the word of God come true. God's prophet has been saying something's going to happen for 40 years. It happens just the way God said it was going to happen. And yet, they still have disobedient hearts. Um, and if that doesn't, it scares me. <laughs> it doesn't scare you. I, I, uh, we might need a different Sunday school teacher. <laughs> um, because it... It's, it's frightening um, for people who have seen and tasted God's good intentions to them to, to not to respond in, in a lack of faith over and over and over again. And, and we do the same thing, to see God's good intentions to us and yet to lack faith over and over again. Um, 
which is why we need this weekly thing of like reorienting our lives <laughs> uh, around worship um, to, to come together in the, the visible presence of God, to hear his word proclaimed, to see the, the sacraments laid out before us. Like I loved it last week, we had both of them. Um, both those visual signs of, of, of God, how, you know, pictures of how God acts for our good. You're a wailing child on a stage that can do nothing. Um, and yet God can work in that child's life. God has, has broken his body, poured out his blood. Um, and, and we can see it there, remind, be reminded of it on that table of what he's done for us. Um, and, and that worship needs to not just be a routine thing that we do, but the thing that, that structures and orients our lives toward God and away from, our, from ourselves. Uh, let me close this in prayer. Gracious God, we do thank you for um, the work of, of your spirit. That when we read this, uh, we're not uh, just reading history of uh, events of the past, although it is history. Um, these are real people inhabiting real places, making real decisions in time. Um, but uh, we see ourselves um, because we too uh, live in a world where uh, it's all too easy um, to trust in our, ourselves, um, to trust in our own ability to manipulate circumstances uh, to get the things we want. Uh, it's all too easy uh, to forget uh, in you and the one who directs all, all things um, for our good. Um, so we do pray as we gather the worship, we would uh, glory in you and in who you are, that um, you will drive away um, uh, our fears, um, the, the things that uh, we fear uh, in this world, uh, draw, draw us away um, from our focus on the material uh, things and the things we, we seek and desire and put our hearts on, but help us to, to, to seek and desire you to put our hearts uh, in your hands, um, to, to learn to trust and obey uh, in faith uh, in our Savior, Jesus Christ, to trust uh, that your spirit is in us and, and working uh, in us, um, showing us our sin, uh, but also uh, showing us in your word uh, the ways we should go. So help us be attentive to that spirit um, even as we hear those words uh, proclaimed today. Uh, we trust in you, our Savior Jesus Christ, and we uh, pray that you would help us uh, to humble ourselves and to worship you in spirit and truth in the coming hour. We lift us all up in Christ's name by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.